Welcome to Hillside Baptist Church Podcast. We are a church that is committed to preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it is our privilege to open God's word with you. It is our prayer that you receive the message from the man of God with an open heart. That through God's word, you are encouraged and equipped to face life's challenges. But most importantly, it is our prayer that you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior if you haven't already. If you'd like to connect with us, you can do so at hillsidebc.com, find us on Facebook, or send us an email at info at hillsidebc.com. We hope that you benefit from today's message and that you would share it with a friend. But let's now open our hearts and God's Word. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Thankful for our Savior. Amen. Amen. We serve a good Savior this morning. If you forgot that throughout the week, let me just remind you, we serve a good Savior this morning. And uh, so, as we get started here, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 22. Genesis and chapter number 22. And while you're turning there, um, just want to say I'm thankful... We're thankful to be here, you know. Um, it's exciting to come back to Hillside and to see so many familiar faces and also several new faces. And, um, and if you didn't know, my name is Jacob and, and my wife Kinsey is over here. But we had the wonderful privilege of essentially being able to grow up at Hillside Baptist Church from about, about second grade on. And uh, we're just thankful for that and we're thankful for you know, all the investment and for the, the baby shower yesterday. And, uh, you know, if there's anything that, that God has just been, it seems like God's just been reminding me over and over and over again is that you did not get here on your own. And, uh, man, I'm thankful, thankful for the impact that a church family can have um, in a life. So uh, as we come to Genesis chapter number 22, we're going to read the first 19 verses. So Genesis chapter number 22 And follow along with me there, starting in verse number 1. The Bible says, And it came to pass, after these things, that God did tempt Abraham, and said unto him, Abraham. And he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, And get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, and saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up, and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes, and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship, and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, and laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father, and said, My father? And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamp for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, 
God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. And they came to the place which God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am, here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, for now, for neither do thou anything unto him, for now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his, by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. Verse 14, And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh. As it is said to this day, In the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time, and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned unto his young men. They rose up and went together to Beersheba, and Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. This morning... I want to preach a message to you entitled this, The Gain of Sacrifice. The Gain of Sacrifice. Let's go ahead and pray, ask for the Lord's help, and then we'll get into it. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for each and every person that's here. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to lift our voices and praise to your name. Um, Lord, I pray that you would just bless the message. God, would you use it to be an encouragement and a challenge where needed. Uh, Lord, we need to hear from you today. In Jesus' name, amen. For a crazy few, it is the most invigorating challenge of their schooling. For the rest of the majority, it is the most terrifying trial of their education. You walk in, you sit down on that cold, hard desk. It's silent in the room. You look around, you see some other people scattered throughout the classroom, and they're, they're silent, and they're nervously awaiting the, the massive test that's about to come. At some point, your heartbeat quickens as, as the, the teacher comes and lays the, a piece of paper down on your desk in your hand. You have a wooden, uh, a wooden number two pencil, a calculator, and a stress ball that you're getting your money's worth for. <laughs> and, and then eventually, at some point, after what seems maybe like an eternity or a, a heartbeat, the teacher says, all right, you may now begin the English portion of the ACT. You have 45 minutes to complete these 75 questions. At that point, you say a quick prayer. Lord, help me to remember what I studied 
and maybe what I didn't, and uh, because I'm going to need some help on this English ACT. Well, <clears throat> now the ACT is, uh, you know, we've we've heard about it, and it's it's one of the most important tests that that a lot of people will take during their high school years because in, in many ways it, it either opens or it closes doors in regards to future education and, and, the, and the opportunities there. And so, you know, rightfully so, it's a stressful thing. It's a stressful thing. Maybe you can remember taking the ACT uh, or maybe, maybe you haven't taken the ACT yet, but that's, that's coming up and you're like, oh man, I need to work on my prayer life. Amen. Um, but however, the good news is you can retake the ACT, all right? So if you're getting ready to prepare and, and you know, you're, you're stressed out, I have good news for you today. You can retake the ACT. So, so do it. So, so retake it, okay? But this morning, we're not talking about the ACT. We're, we're, we're coming to our passage, and we find this man named Abraham, and we see that God, God gives Abraham a, a spiritual test of, of massive proportion. I mean, massive. This, I mean, this is what Abraham was facing. And, and unlike us with the ACT, Abraham didn't get a do-over. He wouldn't be able to, to retry. He had, he had this shot, this test. So... Looking at the life of Abraham, we find that in, in Genesis chapter 12, God tells Abraham to essentially leave his father's house and his father's country and go wherever, wherever God told him to go. That's, that's, what, that's what he said. And so Abraham, at the age of 75, by the way, hears God's voice and is convinced. And so he's like, okay, I don't know where I'm going. All of this is pretty new to me, but I'm just going to obey God and follow him by faith wherever he leads, wherever, wherever that means. And so he did. And we see in that, that same Genesis chapter 12 that God establishes a covenant with Abraham and his seed. And from that point on, from, from the time that, that Abraham left his father's house and, and followed God by faith, that, that, con that covenant was unconditional. That settled it. It was done. It was, it was promised. And I'm, I thank the Lord that God keeps his promises this morning. And so he promised things like, okay, so Abraham's seed, the, the future generations, Abraham's sons and, and their sons and all the way down, he promised that he would make of their seed a great nation, a great nation. He also promised that, that, he, that he would give them vast amounts of land. He would give them possession of the Canaan land. In chapter 17, um, <clears throat> we see that God promised that, that his wife Sarah would give birth to Isaac, and that Isaac would be the promised seed with whom God would continue this covenant. Because you remember everything that happened with, with Hagar, and they, they got their eyes off of the promises of God, and they tried to start doing things their, things their own way outside of God's will, and how did that end up for them? It, it was messy. It, it did not work because they tried to do, they tried to, they tried to fulfill God's promises, take it into their own power and just make it happen instead of just trust the one who promised to fulfill those promises. And so, and so finally, when Abraham was 100 years old and Sarah was 90 years old, the Lord miraculously gave them their son, 
Isaac, the promised seed. The promises were starting to finally come to pass. Now settled in Beersheba, uh, we see at the end of, of chapter 21, Abraham worshiped the Lord as the everlasting God in recognition of the fact that he's, his promises, they're everlasting. He promises and it's done. You can trust him. And Abraham, he, Abraham saw this in his life personally. Everything seemed to be going well. However, out of nowhere, seemingly, God gave Abraham this massive spiritual test. And we see in the first couple of verses, God tested Abraham by telling him to sacrifice his beloved only son, Isaac, to himself. He, he, God issued this command to test or reveal what was inside of Abraham. That word tempt in verse number one there, tempt, it means to test. And one person said it like this. It means to prove the quality of not to entice to do wrong. God wasn't trying to entice Abraham to do wrong. He was putting this test in his life to prove the quality of Abraham's faith. He used this event to affirm the sterling character of Abraham's faith by giving him the incredibly difficult task of sacrificing his son Isaac in the land of Moriah. In verse 2, we find that God, what the command actually was, and, he, and it's basically this, to, to take your son, your, your only and beloved son Isaac, go into this place called the land of Moriah, and the, I'm going to show you a mountain, and I want you to go up there and offer him for a burnt offering. Remember, everything seemed to be going well. They waited, for, they waited so long for Isaac, and he had finally come, and now, now God is saying, I want you to go, and I want you to offer him. I want you to sacrifice him. I want you to offer him for a burnt offering unto me. It shook his faith to the very core. To sacrifice the one person dearest to your heart. I mean, how could Abraham kill him? Wouldn't, wouldn't he be killing the very, the very channel, the very promise God made to him? However, one person said this, Abraham had to learn the difference between trusting the promise and trusting the promiser. Right. Trusting the promise and trusting the promiser. Abraham had to learn this. And so God issues this test. And so after hearing, after hearing these, I mean, shocking words, you know what we don't find? We don't find that, well, Abraham grumbled and complaining against God. Or Abraham got bitter and started doubting God's goodness. Or, or maybe Abraham just tried to ignore it and go on with life and act like nothing ever happened. No, you know what he did? He just, he just began to walk in obedience to God's commands. What an example. Look at verses 3 through 8. We find that though it, though it didn't make sense in the mind of Abraham, he obeyed God by faith. Though it didn't, it didn't make sense, I mean, sure there were things that didn't make sense in his mind, but, but that didn't stop him from just obeying God by faith. He w you could just think, he, he went back to what God had told him to do and, and said, you know what, I, I, I don't know everything, but I'm just going to do what I know to do. I'm going to follow God. I'm going to obey him. And so Abraham starts preparing in verse 3 and 4. He, 
he, he, gets, he gets his donkey, he saddles the donkey, he grabs two of his young men, and he grabs Isaac, his son, and then he goes out and he, 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 goes out and he, he cuts the wood, he splits the wood for, for the sacrifice, for the burnt offering, and then they, they get loaded up and they head on out. They leave. You see, Abraham didn't hesitate. He didn't wait around. He rose up early in the morning, got prepared, and then left, heading to the land of Moriah. Now, the Bible says this was a three-day journey. And just imagine, imagine being Abraham on this journey. Because once again, you have all these, you'll have all these things. That you have the promiser, but then, but then the promises. And, and what's, what's going on? What's God going to do? We, you know, he was probably very conflicted. And, and as day after day after day passed, you, you could just imagine. If you were in his shoes, I'd be thinking, man, okay, surely God's going to do something today. Surely God's going to intervene. Surely God's going to give, give direction. Surely, I mean, surely something, something's going to happen. But, but as he got closer and closer and closer, you have, you, you have to believe that, that he, he was just getting more stressed, more concerned. I mean, the, things just continue to not make sense. And it is so hard sometimes for when, when we're in the middle of a trial like this to, to, just, to just trust God, even when things don't make sense. But let me encourage you, have the faith of Abraham. Keep, keep just obeying God, even when there, there, there might not be any intervention or any relief in sight. Just keep obeying God. He was caught in the tension between obeying God and not knowing how it would all work out. Notice verse 5 and 6. Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here. And so he, they get to the, the base of the mountain, and he tells the young man, the two young men to stay with the donkey, and then notice, notice again, his faith is just um, <clears throat> is shown here. And he says, uh, "Let's see, where is it? Verse number um, number five. Abide ye here, and then it says, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship, and come again to you.' So Abraham laid the wood on Isaac, and and he took the knife and he took the fire, and they start going up the mountain. I mean, what incredible faith! This faith is mentioned by Paul in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 17, and you don't have to turn there, but he says, By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. And then listen to this, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. You see, Abraham had such faith in God that he believed that, that even, if, even if he had to go through with this sacrifice, God would raise Isaac from the dead because he knew that, that God promised to make of, of his seed a great nation and he promised to, keep that, to fulfill that covenant through Isaac. And so Abraham was just taking God at his word and he just kept obeying even if he didn't understand. Look at verses 7 and 8. We also find that Abraham's faith is demonstrated in how he responded to Isaac's questions. You can just think, you can just see Isaac, maybe, not, or maybe knowing um, how sacrifices work. And so they're going, and he's like, hmm, okay. We have the wood, and we have the fire, but, but what, about, what about the lamb? What exactly are we sacrificing? What about the lamb? And then Abraham responds, and this is so good. He says, he says this, My son, 
God will provide a lamb for a burnt offering. And perhaps, perhaps I, in his mind, he just, he went back to the time that the Lord told them that Sarah would conceive, that she would give birth. And, and Sarah laughed at God's promise because, I mean, she was, she was up in years. In other words, I mean, this was, this was going to take a miracle if, if she was going to have a baby. But then the Lord said in Genesis 18, 14, is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Perhaps Abraham remembered that, that God had already proved himself that he was, he was able to come through and take care of the details even when Abraham didn't understand. Even when it didn't make sense, God had, God had already showed them that, that he came through there with the birth of Isaac, and even though Abraham didn't know what was going to happen, he knew he could trust the one who had come through in the past, and he would continue to, doing, to, to do so. He does not change. He's the same God. So Abraham obeyed God by faith up until this point. However, they now came to the point where it was time for Isaac to be sacrificed. The moment had come for the, the one that was nearest and dearest to the heart of Abraham to be sacrificed. His only and beloved son, Isaac. We see in verse 9 how that, how that they get to the place, they went exactly where God told them, and Abraham, he, just, he starts building an altar, he builds it, he sets it up, he takes the wood that was on Isaac's back, lays it upon the altar, gets it all in order, and then he binds Isaac. Now, this is just a side note, but Isaac, sometimes we think of Isaac as a little child, and it doesn't really tell us the age, but a lot of people, there's a lot of different opinions, but a lot of people think that he, 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 wasn't, he wasn't no little child. I mean, he carried wood up a mountain, Okay, this, this wasn't like a four- or five-year-old child. Some people think he was even close to 30 years old at this time. And, and, and Abraham, being well over 100 years old at this time, uh, he couldn't have gotten Isaac onto the altar if Isaac was not willing. So Abraham binds Isaac, <clears throat> and he lays him upon the altar. Then... Abraham stretches out his hand and takes the knife. Just think of the, the tension that Abraham must have felt in his mind. <clears throat> I mean, think, I mean, God is, God is making me sacrifice the, the very channel of his blessing in my life. And, and, and this was, this was the, my only son. This, <clears throat> this is the one that I love more than, than anything or anyone else in the world. This was my son, Isaac, who God had promised. And I waited for years and years and years. And he finally came. And now God's wanting me to, to sacrifice him? Give him back to him? Is God still good? Is God still just? Why would God do this? And then perhaps with tears streaming down his face, Abraham raises his hand to slay his son in submission to the voice of God. And then suddenly, booming out of heaven, he hears a voice, Abraham, Abraham. And, and of course, he says, here am I. 
And, and the angel of the Lord tells him to do no harm to Isaac. Don't lay your hand upon him because, because Abraham proved that his fear of God was greater than his love for Isaac. He proved that his fear of God was greater than that love. It was now clear that, <clears throat> that he, was, he, he was willing to fear God and over his love for Isaac because he was, he was willing to sacrifice his son. The angel's explanation, now I know, it indicates that, yes, this was a test, a, a discovery of Abraham's depth of loyalty. Fear God describes the man's obedience and trust motivated by his love for God. The patriarch had passed the test, providing experiential evidence of, of his, his faith and of his love for God that motivated him to just keep obeying him, even when it didn't make sense. And by being willing to, to sacrifice Isaac, Abraham relinquished, he relinquished his hold on the future. He relinquished his hold on, on, on what he thought, how he thought his life should go. Abraham chose the giver over the gift, relying on the Lord to make good of, on his promises. His commitment to God, it was, it was put to the test. It was tried. And let me tell you, it was proven genuine. It was proven genuine. So then in verse 13 and 14, we see Abraham lifting up his eyes. And, and behind him, he sees a, a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And so he takes that ram and, and he, he offers that ram in the stead of Isaac for the sacrifice. And then he called the name of it Jehovah-Jireh, which means the Lord provides. Jehovah-Jireh. And so, man, it's amazing. Even going back to verse number uh, where he said earlier to Isaac, my son, God will provide himself a lamb, and it came to pass. And, and it's incredible that Abraham's faith and how he passed this test of just obeying God even when it didn't make sense. However, yes, God provided a lamb. Yes, God provided a lamb for the burnt offering. But, but God would do so much more because we're not done. Look, look, at, look at verse number 15. 15 through 19, the rest of our passage, we see that the Lord blessed Abraham, his seed, and then through his seed, all the nations of the earth because Abraham was willing to sacrifice all to obey God. He was willing to sacrifice all to obey God. The Lord enlarged these blessings that, are so, that were associated with his covenant with Abraham. The Lord blessed Abraham personally. The Lord blessed Isaac and his descendants and even all the nations of the earth. And it's important to note that it wasn't like Abraham earned this covenant. Remember, the, the covenant was established way back in Genesis chapter 12. And along the way through Abraham's life, God would, God would restate the covenant and, and he would enlarge on the covenant. And this is an example right here and <clears throat> about, of God enlarging the covenant. Well, well, why? Well, it was all because of what Abraham did. He says, look at um, verse number 16. Because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son. And again in verse 18, because thou hast obeyed my voice. The Lord blessed Abraham. He, he, he gave these blessings because Abraham was willing to sacrifice all. It didn't matter. Isaac was his prized, the, the, the one that he loved the most in this life, and he was even willing to sacrifice him 
to obey God. And this morning, I want you to know that God has His, has his blessings prepared for you, and He wants to use you to bless other people if you will willingly sacrifice all to obey God. Everything. All. If you'll willingly sacrifice all to obey God. But it's important to note that the way that God blesses us isn't always what we expect. I am not saying here this morning that if, if you obey God, that he'll give you a life of, of riches and, and prosperity and, and just peace and, and it, it's just comfortable and easy and you, you never have to worry and you never have to, to be afraid. No, there's going to be trials. And, and just because Abraham was following God doesn't mean his life was quote-unquote easy. But God has his hand of blessing upon the life of Abraham, and, and, I, and, and it was worth it. And when God blesses us, he makes us to be successful in his eyes, giving us gifts that are truly good. He fills our life with, with the benefits that he knows that, that we truly need, not just what we think we need, what he knows we truly need. You don't get to choose the blessings. God does. God does. And honestly, we ought to be thankful for that. But he doesn't just bless you. He, he blesses others through your obedience. A father who obeys God, blesses his children with an opportunity to, to know the love of God the Father from an early age. A husband who obeys God, blesses his wife by being Christ-like in his love. A wife who obeys God, blesses her husband and children by her tender care. A church member who is faithful, blesses others through, through service and, and words of encouragement. God blesses others through you, if you'll obey him and be willing to sacrifice all. Sacrificial obedience is ultimately an act of faith, trusting God to provide. If Abraham hadn't had faith, there's no way he could have been able to go through and, and, and just, just obey God. There's no way. Sometimes God tests our obedience by asking us to do something that requires us to sacrifice the very thing we hold most dear. Let me ask you this morning, what in your mind, what is, what is that one thing? What is that Isaac in your mind? What is, what is it that's keeping you from obeying God? You're, you, know, you know God's been convicting your heart um, maybe over the, the course of weeks or even months about something he wants you to do, some, some area in your life that, that you know that you're, you're not measuring up to the, to the standard that God's word sets, and God is saying, you need to change this, you need to do this. I'm, I'm calling you to, to change this in your life, of course, with the help of the Holy Spirit, but, but you're like... But I'm holding on. I have this one thing that I'm holding on, and I just, I can't let go of it. I can't let go of it and, and give it to God. What is that one thing? What is that one thing? Sometimes he may call us to sacrifice those, those very things that we hold most dear in our lives. But let me tell you, though it doesn't always make sense, we can obey God by faith. We can obey God by faith like Abraham did. And these tests, here's what they're meant to do. They're meant to determine whether your fear of God is stronger than your love for his blessings. God blesses you and others through you if you will willingly sacrifice all to obey God. 
But as we said before, man, the problem is sometimes we, we're, we're selfish people. We're selfish people, and, and we, we have a tendency to, to hold on to those areas that we just we don't want. We will we'll obey God this far, but not any further. We'll say, God, I, I'll, I'll do this, but I, I'm not, I'll come to, to, to church on Sunday morning, but I am not coming to church Sunday night or Wednesday night. That's my time. We'll, we'll draw lines before God, and we'll say, I'm, I'm not going any further. But, but God gives, he gives grace, and he shows us that just like, just like Abraham, we can obey God, we can obey God sacrificially because, because it's, it's worth it. It's worth it. He shows us that the greatest blessings of God are found in a life of total surrender. And, and you, may be, you may be sitting there right now asking yourself, is it really true? I mean, you're talking about all these blessings, but is it really worth it to obey God? Is it? I mean, let's be honest here this morning. It's, it's kind of difficult to see how sacrifice can end up in gain. I mean, when we sacrifice, I don't know if, if, you know, in my mind, sometimes I think, I don't know if God knows this, but when I sacrifice, that means I am losing something. Something is leaving me. But, but, but hang on, it's amazing. Even though it always looks like a loss, it reminds me of the words of, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ when he said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. And you can spend your life trying to, to obey God comfortably, drawing the line, not willing to give him everything. You can try to hold on to those desires. However, in the end, you'll, you'll, you'll lose them and you'll end up having nothing to show for them. You'll, you'll go through life trying to protect yourself and, 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 and increase your goods and all of that kind of stuff. However, in the end, you'll, there, you'll, you'll be wanting something more. Amen. You won't be satisfied. Instead, if you give over everything to Him, you'll find that a life of sacrificial obedience to God is far better and far more blessed than anything you could have ever imagined. You see, Remember, your, your job, like Abraham, your job isn't to worry about, about how we're going to take care of all these details or how we're going to make everything work. No, your job is to just obey God without exception. Obey God. That's your job. And, and let me tell you, we have the God of the universe, God in heaven looking over the details, taking care of us, guiding us. We can trust him. Amen. We can trust him. With God, the sacrifice of obedience is always worth it. But you may be thinking here today, man, you know, I, I know, okay, I'm starting to see that God's blessings, yes, they're, they're good. I mean, he, he gives, he knows how to give us the, the perfect gifts. Like even in other parts of the Bible where it talks about how, I mean, our earthly parents know us how to give good gifts but they're, they're carnal. They're, they're imperfect. How much more our Heavenly Father knows how to give us good gifts. I understand that, that God's blessings and God's gifts in our lives are good, but I'm just not sure I want them more than, than my comfort, than, than my desires, than, than what I 
want. And we can say amen to the need to, to sacrifice in order to obey God. But when we're in that pivotal moment where it's time to draw the knife, and we know God wants us to cut something out of our life, it's time to sacrifice, we start having some doubts. We start having some doubts. Some, some, suddenly, everything is a little bit more cloudy. It's not as clear as it was. But in those moments, you have to remember, you have to remember that the blessings of obedience far outweigh the sacrifices of obedience. Yes, yes, there are sacrifices, and yes, we aren't necessarily minimizing that, but look at the blessings. Look at the blessings. Look at the blessings in Abraham's life. Here he was trying to hold on to his, his one and only son, but, but God was like, no, if you just give him to me, I'm going to do things with your son that you won't even be able to imagine, even be able to comprehend. Even, you, you won't even see it coming. It's, it's beyond what we could even ask or think. That's what God wants you to do with that thing that you're, you're holding on to and that you're saying, no, I, I, I just can't get this, give this over to God. I can't obey God and be willing to sacrifice all. He wants to take that and use it in your life to bless you and others around you in ways that you can't even imagine. So that at the, at the end of your life, you can sit back and think, wow, wow. I mean, if you're wondering here this morning, just ask some of the people in this room that have walked with God longer than I've even been alive, and they tell you, it's worth it. Sure, there were times that, that I didn't know how it was all going to work out. I didn't know how it was all going to come together and how I was actually going to somehow gain through this situation. But I just chose to, to trust God and just keep sacrificially obeying Him no matter what, no matter what it took. And let me tell you, God blesses that. God blesses that obedience. So what is that area? What are you struggling with this morning to give over, give over to God? Let me tell you, spending time daily with, in God, with God, in His Word, and in prayer, in, in, in worship and devotion to God, it requires sacrifice. It does. It requires sacrifice. I mean, you've got to sacrifice energy and time to put God first in your life. However, He, he will bless your life with, with a life of, of joy, and of peace, and of contentment, uh, that, that through that relationship with the God of the universe, that there is nothing outside of Him that will satisfy you. Not, not possessions, not power, not prestige, nothing. Satisfaction comes through Him. And the blessings, even though you had to sacrifice some time and energy, those blessings far outweigh. There's no comparison. There's none. Spending time daily in God's Word requires sacrifice, but the blessings far outweigh it. How about coming to church every time the doors are open? Let me, let me tell you, I mean, it's a sacrifice. It seems like more and more our culture is a busy culture. Things are going on constantly. And it, it might require you to give up some, some time, some, some energy, and maybe some activities that were, that were originally planned there they might have to be cut out. We might have to, have to, to skip some, some sporting events or, or maybe we need to, we're going to have to schedule, we're going to have to do some chores during the middle of the week or on Saturday in order to make sure that we can be at church on Sunday. However, God can use that church service to be just the right encouragement that you needed at just the right 
moment. I mean, you might, sometimes we don't even understand what God wants to do in a church service through just singing and, and praising his name and then, and then through hearing his word preached. God has a plan for your life, and one of the, the major things that he uses is the church services, and those blessings, they far outweigh the sacrifices of time and, and energy and, and, and other things. I'm telling you this morning, on the authority of the Word of God, and not just from Abraham's example, but countless, that surrendering your life, obeying God sacrificially, you'll never regret it. You'll never regret it. He's trying your faith. He's producing in you a greater submission to His will. And you know what? It doesn't stop with you. He wants to use your obedience to bless others, those around you, your family, your church family, your, your co-workers, he wants to bless them. So if you're here this morning and you don't know that you would go to heaven when you die, let me encourage you. When, in a moment when the invitation starts, come, come down. Come down forward and, and, and we'll have somebody that can talk to you and to show you from the Bible how you can know for sure that you can go to heaven, how you can be saved. Because what, even though Abraham didn't have to go through the sacrifice, go through with the sacrifice of Isaac, guess what? God the Father did. Because in John 3.16, we find that, that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son to, to take the punishment of our sins upon Himself and die on the cross, being the perfect once and for all sacrifice for your sins and my sins and the sins of the whole world. So I encourage you, come. Today could be the day that God changes your life. Don't wait don't wait. And church member, let me just remind you that, that God will bless you and others through you if you'll just be willing to, to sacrifice all to obey God. Obey God, no, no restrictions, withholding nothing, just laying that on the altar before God. You can go on living selfishly, trying to withhold parts of your life from God, or you can experience the blessed life He has for you. It's your choice this morning. I'd encourage you, choose the gain of sacrifice. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is such a privilege to share God's Word with you. If God has spoken to your heart because of the message, stop right now and respond to whatever it is God is asking of you. Don't wait another minute. You can pray right where you're at and ask God for His help. If this message has helped you in any way, we would love to hear from you. Let us know if you have any questions or we can help you with your decision. Jesus asked His disciples, Who do ye say that I am? And He offers the same question to you today. What would your answer be?